0: This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Future Talk Podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk. talk. With Omnia Al and Hany Balkas.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. 2 p.m. it is, and you're listening to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. This is the one and only place where we give you a quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. We have a very exciting show in store for everyone, and we're going to be discussing space news happening right here in the UAE because the UAE astronaut, the first UAE astronaut, the well known Al Mansouri, has actually completed NASA's supersonic jet. Training. May I say this is actually one of the most dangerous trainings that any astronaut could go through and he did it with flying colors.
2: Yes, indeed. And uh, you kind of made a joke. Flying colors jet training. <laughs> 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 I liked it. But uh, we're also talking about how a researcher has found that certain network names can actually disable your Wi-Fi on your iPhone.
1: Yes, indeed. Who would have thought that certain names of Wi-Fis could potentially harm our very own iPhones. But coming up on today's show, if your kids are stuck at home as we start to begin and to welcome uh, summer, summer break, we have a very exciting camp happening right here in the UAE, more specifically in Sharjah for all kids to go ahead and learn a little bit more about how tech works. The Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park is holding a very first of its kind tech summer camp for students between the age of 12 and 17 years old. And we're going to be talking to The person who is the organizer of this tech camp, Ismail Tok, who is the head of Soil Lab, the technical workspace at the park. He's going to be joining us today to tell us a little bit more about the different classes that they're offering.
2: Yes, we were actually really excited when we heard the news and Omni and I wished we were a little bit younger (laughs) to join those students and those young kids. But today, if you are interested, we're going to be interviewing him and he's going going to tell us all we need to know about those camps. So keep Pulse95 locked because we're going to be right back.
1: Twenty-five.
0: Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world.
2: The UAE astronaut that became a household name. Now everyone across the UAE and even the world at one point in time, that was all they talked about. Major haza Al Mansouri, who was the UAE astronaut, the first to go to the International Space Station. But yet again, he has put another check on his list as he has completed NASA's supersonic jet training. Now, for just clarification, Mm the T-38 jet does travel faster than the speed of sound, and it actually prepares astronauts for space flights. So, Major Hazara Mansouri just Trained to go faster than the speed of sound.
1: Basically. And it's actually one of the most dangerous trainings that any astronaut could potentially go through. There's actually one incident more than 50 years ago with this training that took two astronauts' lives. So you can imagine how. How scary this training is, but also how important it could be for someone to basically be able to go to outer space. Yes. Now, looking at it, Major Hazad Mansouri actually completed one of the most intense stages of his 30-month training at NASA's Johnson Space Center, flying supersonic jets that travel faster than the speed of sound. T-38 talents have actually been used by the U.S. Space Agency since the 1960s. -hmm. And just like you mentioned, Hani... They have actually been able to achieve very high speeds, also high altitudes that will create a similar gravitational force experience for any training astronaut.
2: Yes, now flying the supersonic jet does involve traveling at speeds of Mach 1.6 and experiencing more than 7 G's. So that is seven times the force of gravity, which is actually enough to make an average person lose consciousness. Now, in addition, that T-38 Talon jet can climb from sea level to almost 30,000 feet within just one minute. Now, we're looking at how Dr. Nayadi, who was uh, the astronaut, the backup astronaut, Sultan Nayadi, and how Major Hazza Al-Mansouri, which was the first Emirati man in space, they have completed more, more than half of their 30-month training with NASA, and they have actually learned to perform spacewalks and are even being prepared for long-haul space missions. And they must also, they must master the workings of the International Space Station. So we're looking at Sultan Nayad and Major Hazal Malsori completing all of those checklists just to make them more prepared For that next space trip.
1: Yes, indeed. Now, during the training, both astronauts were actually able to learn about the aircraft's capacities, how they're navigating the systems of it, but also they've learned a lot of important standard and emergency procedures that would come in handy in case of any emergency. They've also learned to perform spacewalks and they are now prepared for long haul space missions. They're also working on mastering uh, the International Space Station, but also they're learning how to be quick on their feet when it comes comes to challenging situations. They're being supported by qualified pilots while flying the aircraft. And even though this process is considered low risk in general, it is definitely a very important training that every astronaut should go through.
2: Yes, and we're looking at again how that is another check on their checklist, another badge to put on their shoulders and again what you're probably wondering why is that t-38 training so important well it does help them make quick decisions in challenging situations and they are actually supported by qualified pilots while flying that aircraft so there isn't really much of a scare when they do fly they mm-hmm. had they are already trained to fly aircrafts and at the same time they do have those qualified pilots with them now the process is considered low risk, and actually, one incident did happen more than 50 years ago, and that did take two astronauts' lives. But again, we do hope that God protects Sultan Nyadi and Hazar Mansouri, and they, they will did be.
1: fine colors. Yeah, and they
2: mm-hmm. will be. Um, excelling through this process and again they're already halfway through so we have another 15 months until we have some new news
1: yes indeed now if you've wonder if you've been wondering about what happened to the two new astronauts that the uae space agency actually announced a couple of months ago uh, mohammed al-mulla and noor al-matrushi the first female arab astronaut they're both going to beginning they're going to be both beginning their training in houston later this year and we are very excited to share with you the latest updates on that one once they arise, let us know what are your thoughts, and would you want to become an astronaut one day? If money was not an was not an inconvenience with this, if money was available and you could potentially go to outer space, would you take a seat on one of the new space rockets that have been launched recently? Text us at four two one five. Do it a lot. Or sign into RDMs at Pulse ninety five Radio. But coming up on Future Talk, if you've been wondering. Why is it that some network names don't connect as easily on your iPhone whenever you want to connect to Wi-Fi? Well, we've got the answers for you in just a few moments. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Connecting to Wi-Fi, we all do it. We don't think twice whenever we open up our settings on our iPhones, look through the different network names, and bam, we're just simply connected to Wi-Fi. The most that you'll have to do is simply enter the Wi-Fi password. But a security researcher actually recently found out that certain Wi-Fi networks They have certain names that make it very difficult for an iPhone to basically connect to Wi-Fi and in certain incidents even causes bugs, which I thought was actually very... It's a very weird way of hacking through an iPhone. Not many would have thought of it.
2: Yes, now a security researcher has actually found that certain Wi-Fi networks with the percent symbol in their names can actually disable Wi-Fi on iPhones and other iOS devices now he did tweet that if an iphone does come in range with a network name for example percent sign uh, hanny one two three percent the device actually won't be able to use wi-fi or any related features and even after resetting those network settings the bug may continue to render wi-fi on the device making it unusable now a few weeks ago he and his nonprofit group, which is called Secret Club, mm-hmm. did reverse engineer software for research purposes and did find out that if an iPhone is connected to a network with that name percentage, it could actually even cause a bug in iOS's networking stack that would disable its Wi-Fi. And system networking features as well, such as AirDrop, would become unusable.
1: That hurt my heart a little bit because we all know how convenient it is to use the AirDrop feature on iPhone. For those who have Android devices, AirDrop basically, I think they have a similar one on Android. It's called QuickShare, if I'm not mistaken. It would basically allow you to send files in between different iPhone devices or iphone with a macbook computer by simply having your wi-fi option turned on and your airdrop option turned on Mm -hmm. but explaining this weird bug it was very difficult for them to basically simplify it but the percentage sign, it's its like one of those special signs that a lot of cybersecurity experts recommend that we have in our passwords, sometimes even in certain usernames. But when it comes to Wi-Fi names, it's best to avoid them because they're usually used in programming languages to format variables in any string of code. So. Having that percentage basically means that when the iPhone comes to basically understand that Wi-Fi connection, it's like understanding a new line of code, which could potentially cause a lot of the memory, a lot of the RAM on the computer or the device to sit down and start processing it instead of simply connecting to Wi-Fi. The researcher actually reached out to Apple to see if they're currently working on a fix and they will hopefully send out an update that we will also keep you updated with. Let us know your thoughts. you ever come across any um, internet connection username with the percentage sign on? I've definitely seen some weird ones. Yeah. There's, I think, once I saw one username that was like, I live here, yeah, one, two, three.
2: <laughs> Again, I mean, uh, that's pretty crazy stuff, and they did kind of uh, explain why those things happen when it does come to programming. Mm-hmm. And speaking about programming, ladies and gentlemen, we do have an interview with the head of Soilab. His name is Ismail Thuq, and we're going to be talking about those summer camps that Omni and I at one time said, man, <laughs> I wish we were a bit younger.
1: I still wish I was a bit younger to be able to be a part of this deck camp. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back.
0: Pulse95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omni Al-Saleh and Hani Balkas
1: summer break is one of the most exciting times for any student living right here in Sharjah and all around the world. It's the time where we get to relax, maybe go on a holiday, travel around, but if you're living right here in the UAE and you still don't feel as comfortable to travel, well, you have a chance to advance your learning, but also get to have some fun during this summer break right here in the heart of Sharjah because the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park is offering an innovative first of its kind tech summer camp for any student in the age between 12 and 17 years old and man duhani and i wish we were just a little bit younger to get to even be a part of this tech summer camp ourselves joining us today to tell us a little bit more about the different classes that they offer is ismail Tok, who is the head of soil lab the technical workspace at the sharjah innovation park thanks a lot for joining us today ismail
3: thanks to you Thank you. Thank you for having me here.
2: It's great to have you on the show, brother. Now, can you tell us how many different camps are currently being offered in this tech summer camp and kind of tell us what they are?
3: First of all, let me tell you a little bit more about Soilab. Soilab is short of Sharjah Open Innovation Lab, which is a technical space. Mm -hmm. Uh, Think of it as a a gym and a co-working space, but instead Mm -hmm. of working out, you can actually come uh, sign up as a... uh, sign up as a member and then just learn how to use the equipment Mm -hmm. and we have uh, in the facility lots of uh, equipments which allows you to build anything out of any material so we have a wood shop we have a metal shop we have 3d printers electronics workstations we have laser cutters textile machines so any projects uh, you can think of you can uh, just come to us and uh, we will help you out in figuring out how to actually build it uh and basically we're talking with um, any creative people engineers students uh individuals hobbyists uh even if you want to come and build something over the weekend uh you can possibly do this here Um, So this summer, we are targeting uh, kids from 12 to 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, throughout seven weeks, uh, we are basically taking them through different subjects. uh, But we are mainly focusing on developing the skills in designing and making things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we started off this week with uh, the Maker Camp, which is basically teaching them uh, the basic skills of making. Uh, starting with uh, designing in 2D and 3D. Mm -hmm. So they learn how to model things and then 3D print them as well as uh, doing exciting things like designing their own t-shirts or building their own electronic circuits and radios. Um, They'll also learn how to use uh, the laser cutters to uh, create uh, very basic products and also a little bit of uh, textile skills.
1: It's I feel like uh, it's like the perfect And then every week
3: will be mm. a slightly different. So next week we will have a 3D printing uh, week where mm. we take them deeper into how to uh, design in uh, three dimensions, how to create any products, and this will enable them to uh, expand their uh, imagination. Then they can go home and think of um, designing something new and then they can come back and uh, 3D print it. Mm. And then we also have a week for robotics, which basically takes them deeper into the electronics, uh, the coding part, and also the mechanical parts for building a, a robot. Mm-hmm. And, and this also, uh, doing this within the lab uh, and giving them access to the equipment, it will enable them to design their own parts uh, to build these robots. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, the fourth week, which is more uh, taking them more in-depth into coding, uh, on different platforms, and then we have one week specifically for autonomous uh, vehicles mm-hmm. and how uh, basically the, uh, the future of driving is going to be, uh, which is having driverless cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have one week uh, specifically for uh, aquaponics, mm-hmm. and in that week, we're gonna teach them how to build their own aquaponics system, uh, which consists of a fish tank and then a soyless. Uh, basically a plant uh, growing uh, chamber and the last week we're gonna go over some green technologies where they uh, learn how to build their own solar uh, cells and battery bank and also uh, the wind turbines Mm -hmm. Uh, so we kind of designed these uh, programs to enable them to uh, to see to to have a look at the future how How's it going to look like, and prepare them, and get them excited about uh, learning about these technologies. Yeah, I Sounds like it's great to the, me.
1: The perfect destination yeah. for any tech lover whether it was you know learning a little bit more about robotics autonomous vehicles these different classes can definitely offer them a very wholesome experience coming up on the show we're going to be talking about what is the perfect age group for this tech camp but also diving a little bit deeper into what every class has to offer for those students if you have any questions for ismail talk please share them with us at 4215 do it this a lot or sign into IDMs at pulse 95 radio keep pulse 95 locked we'll be right back you're listening to Pulse95.
0: Pulse95. Check this out.
1: Check this out. Pulse95. Every single day, our children, students, you name it, we all consume technology. The first thing you do when a, when a child cries, you hand them out an iPad, you hand them out your phone. But... We consume tech on a daily basis, yet we don't always know how tech operates and how it works and how can we make the most out of the tech that we have, you know, on on hand, on the tips of our fingers. So this is exactly why this summer it might be the perfect destination for you to head to the Sharjah Research, Technology and Innovation Park and check out their new tech summer camp. They're offering a diverse range of tech equipment, 3D printers, they're offering different classes to teach your kids all about how tech works. Joining us today to tell us a little bit more about it is Ismail Touk who is the head, of, the head of Soil Lab, but also he's the organizer of this tech summer camp who actually took the time out of his day to come on the show with us and tell us more about how those classes operate. Ismail, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And we wanna know a little bit more about the perfect age for attending these classes? A lot of parents may be tuning in and they're thinking, oh, my kid may be too young, maybe too old. What is the perfect age group for this Tech Summer Camp?
3: We are targeting kids uh, starting from 12 years old uh, up to the age of uh, 17, uh, specifically for uh, this summer camp. We also do um, other age groups uh, in the future for this specific program it's going to be 12 to 17 years old. And it's the perfect age to introduce uh, children to these technologies and to get them hooked on uh, 3D printing design, electronics, and to get them involved more into the making uh, of these products that they are using every day. So instead of uh, playing in video games all day, we teach them how to design uh, a video game, how to design electronic circuits to build something that they can and communicate with uh, instead of using their mobile phones without knowing how the inner working uh, of these mobile phones are.
2: I think that is amazing. Again, uh, we see how uh, at one point in time, now I speak English and Arabic, but now the next generation is going to need to know how to speak the language of programming, Mm -hmm. and it has become very essential. Now, I don't want to get into how generations are changing, and uh, nowadays you don't have to look to be an engineer, you should be a software engineer. There's a lot of things, ins and outs. Now, we do know that 3D printing has been gaining a lot of attraction recently, especially from kids now what can students learn from this camp when it does come to the 3d printing basics
3: so we are focusing on developing their uh, 3d designing mm-hmm. skills uh which is uh, we are trying to demystify all the t- advanced technologies that we see them around but mm-hmm. we are introducing the kids in a way that we show them that it is very simple uh, if, you, if you put your mind and your efforts into it, you will be able to learn how to program, how mm-hmm. to design, how to create products. Uh, so in the 3D printing uh, sessions, we are taking them through the softwares that actually engineers uh, are using at the moment. And we show them how simple it is to learn it, not only here, but they, they can also go back home, watch some YouTube videos and continue learning. and um, Like within a few months, they can improve their capabilities to be able to design things that are unimaginable.
1: Absolutely, and it's crazy to see how creative children can be when it comes to using 3D printers and 3D printing designs. One of the camps, though, that got me personally excited for this Tech Summer camps is the aquaponics camp. Now, it sounds like a big word, but it's actually a very simple concept where you're basically using a fish tank and soilless plant culture and you're building your own little farm at home. Can you talk to us a little bit about how can students make a farm a reality in their own homes. Is it really as simple as it sounds?
3: It is actually. So all that is uh, to it is that you are using um, the fish to be be able to fertilize the water, which then feeds the plant. And you just uh, basically circulate the water and uh, you can grow the plants without even using any fertilizers or even soil. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a perfect combination to be able to uh, build a farm at home uh, without even uh, the need to have a garden outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe it or not, you can actually uh, grow a lot of uh, the vegetables that you buy from the market right at home. So we are trying to get the kids to uh, try different uh, Uh, to use different tools, different materials, and get them uh, to imagine how they can build uh, their own farm at home.
2: I think uh, having those kids, you know, uh, have something of their own gives them that sense of responsibility and that sense of ownership that may actually incline them to be more innovative and more kind of self-reliant, independent and say, hey, that is mine. I want to take care of it because I created it.
1: Absolutely. Now, when it comes to technology, one of the most important topics has been coding. A lot of tech specialists say that coding is the language of the future. Mm-hmm. So what will the coding camp teach students exactly? Since we do know there are dozens of programming languages out there on the market. So what do you start them out with?
3: Absolutely. Uh, coding, actually, it's uh, it's getting into all kinds of areas of life, whatever your profession is, within five to ten years, mm-hmm. you will have to do uh, a bit of coding. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, if you cannot speak English, for example, you cannot get uh, into the work market, uh, in the future is going to be coding. And uh, coding is, does, is not as hard as you can imagine. It's just a list of instructions that you tell the computer or the device to do. Um, and all you have to do is learn how to put these uh, instructions together uh, in a logical way where you can produce a a set of functions. Uh, So the idea is to uh, get students to try different uh, coding uh, languages and uh, platforms, whether it's uh, to program a mobile phone or a web page or an electronic circuit to control some LEDs and some motors to automate something at home uh and we get them to try different things and we put them in the right direction to continue self-learning as well
1: absolutely
2: yeah i mean i like that a lot now we do know that the camp is currently taking place at the park and again i I just want to know for uh for everyone listening how long is the camp going to last and where can people actually register
3: yeah, the, the camp will uh, last until the end of August, mm-hmm. which is uh, the end of uh, the summer period for mm-hmm. the uh, schools. And uh, it's very simple. You just log in to soilab.ae, that's soila uh, ae. Mm-hmm. Or you can just uh, drop by uh, at the lab at the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can visit us anytime. We're opening uh, from 9 a.m. until 10 p.m uh every day and also on saturday 9 till 6 pm you can just drop by uh we can take you on a tour around the lab and then you can also register uh, your children and yourself you can also find out uh, find out more about our classes we can teach you welding we can teach you woodworking electronics 3D printing you name it
1: well, honey and i should visit the lab honestly because i we were just mm-hmm. talking about how we wish it was open for everyone not just students from the age yes. of 12 to 17. <laughs>
2: Well, I can, I, I can probably pass for 14. I'm a little bit big for a 14-year-old, but you know, I got my gross spurt. You know, puberty hit me early.
3: As I said, the, the lab is open for everyone from every age, from any background, uh, even if you've never made anything or designed anything in your life, this is the place where you get started and uh, you can get to experiment.
1: Perfect destination. Thank you so much, Ismail Tok, who is the head of Soil Lab, for joining us today, taking the time out of your day. Tell us more about this beautiful summer camp. And I do hope every parent tuning into us right now, every student who is interested in tech, would go ahead and visit the Sharjah Research, Technology and Innovation Park to find out more about it.
2: Thank you so much, Ismail. Uh, You gave us a great insight on what these people can expect when they do sign up for that summer camp.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
1: Now, coming up on Future Talk, we still have lots to share with you. As we talk about the future of healthcare. hopefully pretty soon, in 2050, researchers say that we may not need a single trip to the doctor. How would that become a reality? Stay tuned to find out more about it.
0: This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m. Check this out. Check this out.
2: we're talking about the future of healthcare ladies and gentlemen and how let's say in about 30 years everything you do when it does come to your doctor's appointment to your checkups will totally change and we're about to tell you why because soon enough ladies and gentlemen you're going to be implanting a microchip and you will have no more trips to the doctor by the year 2050. Now. We do know that so far our lives kind of resemble a science fiction film, (laughs) right? And by the year 2050, a microchip implant will carry out tasks we use our mobile phones for. And a Dubai conference has heard about that and they like the idea a lot. And we're going to be telling you guys about everything you need to know about this microchip that let's say maybe in 30 years, all of us will have
1: yes indeed and i think anyone who hates going to the doctor's office is going to love this invention we do know that microchips are the way of the future we've seen big tech giants one of them being elon musk basically paved the way for this With the brand new Neuralink. But Mm -hmm. we also have researchers, healthcare professionals who are basically also talking about implanting microchips Mm -hmm. in our bodies. These will basically be the passport for your life. They're going to record everything about your vitals, how your body is operating, your work, your health, everything you do. And if you've always hated to get a checkup, you know, your routine checkup at the doctor's office. But let's be
2: honest, Omnia. What? When's (laughs) the last time anyone did a routine checkup? When's the last time you did one? Uh,
1: I must say, I don't go for them often. Maybe routine blood tests, but not, no, not a body checkup. I don't checkup. go
2: to the doctor unless something hurts.
1: <laughs> I think that's the reality with a lot of people.
2: And and, and even when it comes to the dentist, to the doctor. If it don't hurt me, I don't go for it. You know what they say, what's not broken, don't fix it.
1: Sometimes things are broken, we just don't realize that they are. that
2: pain that I've been having in my left (laughs) abdomen for the past four years now, it's okay. When I can't move anymore, that's when I'll go to the doctor.
1: This is exactly why researchers and scientists are actually looking into having body scanners in our own home. So basically, one day in 2050, you may just wake up and when you step into your shower... You'll also be having a full MRI taking place, recording all your vitals without you even feeling it. And all this information that will be scanned in your very own shower, can you imagine? Mm -hmm. It's gonna be sent to a medical care team who will use it to decide what vitamins you may need, what drugs you need to take for the day so that you can keep your body at top shape. Now, we do know that a lot of the times, actually, people have a lot of vitamin deficiencies and they have no idea about it until their body just hits rock bottom. One day they wake up, they have zero energy very big telltale sign that you have really low vitamin d or a vitamin d deficiency maybe your blood pressure is struggling maybe your sugar levels are are fluctuating in irregular ways and you just have no idea about it so one day in 2050 we may just looking at having our bodies scanned on a daily basis in our very own showers and i'm honestly very excited about that
2: yes and a lot of experts kind of do you know speculate that mobile phones will be no more mm. and that the majority of the tasks a phone is used for will be performed by the microchip which will be embedded into our bodies now obviously you will still be able to view the news of the day book appointments or anything else you want but It will all be transported either neurologically or ocularly by the implant inside of you. Now, that chip will also wake us up calmly, than having Mm -hmm. to be woken up by the sound of the most hated (laughs) alarm sound ever. (laughs) You know, sometimes I used to get PTSD from it.
1: You don't want to know what sounds do my alarms make. I have to set, like, um, um, a cow noise, a car noise, a dog barking noise. (laughs) We
2: should stop talking about this right now, Omni, because... I, I thought you were normal.
1: I am a very, very heavy sleeper. That if my alarms are not different sounds, they'll just blend into my dream. So
2: for you to wake up, you need to feel like you're in a zoo. So that a that bit. that is what I'm understanding. <laughs> you know, you're sleeping, everything is good, you're having a dream about future talk, and then all of a and sudden why
1: would I dream of That's
2: what that's what you hear. That's
1: It's different sounds every oink
2: oink oink oink. No not
1: pigs, but different
2: that's that's how you wake up.
1: I have to have different sounds quack, 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 or quack. else they'll, bl- they'll blend into my dream. The, like, s- like the normal sound of the alarm so, for so an iPhone. So instead
2: of, of hearing an iPhone sound, you will be dreaming about ducks. It'll
1: blend into my dream. I'll start th- in my dream. Let's say this that sound will become the doorbell or it'll become someone calling
2: me. Basically. So
1: that's exactly why. Uh, you know, it's just, I'm very excited for a microchip to be able to wake me up.
2: So you'll have an alarm on your microchip saying, whank, 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 No,
1: whank. it'll call me wake my nerves up. That ha- that way, I won't even have to set different alarms.
2: And I thought I, I worked with normal people.
1: Normal people. Yeah,
2: I mean, uh, again, but uh, it does come into play that we do need to take care of our bodies and we need to take care of ourselves. And most importantly, we need to take care of our mental health. That's why we brought in the man <laughs> of the hour. The only place to be at three with the man himself,
0: Omar It's Great, Adouri.
1: great Delighted transition. That. I yeah. mean, I don't
0: know how you were going to transition from oink, oink, oink <laughs> to Omar duty and mental health. That I must say, bro, you are talented, man. True. Yeah, you guys don't want to see what else I can do?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't
0: coming up see. on the show. <laughs> Apart from the amazing things Hani does, coming up on the show today, we are talking all sorts of good stuff. Want to see? With- <laughs> Listen. Enough oinks! Enough. Is anyone watching on YouTube? No, when that's, you that's, why, that's why. I did it when the camera was, wasn't so you, on me. There him? were cats
1: like, and dogs and yeah, a lot yeah. of animals. I
0: was to my, our, our, my eyes our, are up here, Omar. I was talking to our favorite <laughs> Sama and then all we could hear is oink oink and boink boink <laughs> and dog har, har, and all that kind of stuff. She
1: could uh, agreed. She could agree to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. Can I tell you what's coming up on the halftime show? Yep. the only place Feel to be free. at three, of course. All right, cool. So coming up on the halftime show, everyone's going crazy about the Euros. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the Euros. That's one thing. We're also talking about... Now, Hani, if you if you had a huge uh, potential in progressing in your club team mm-hmm. and you have one year left on your contract, mm-hmm. but someone wanted to sign you, mm-hmm. are you loyal to the club that you're with or would you try and get a transfer? I would mm-hmm. be loyal even if the team that wanted to buy you was your all-time favorite dream team,
2: ah, uh, it's kind of like a Ronaldo Juventus thing.
0: Very similar,
2: mm-hmm. Messi mm-hmm. Barcelona. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, based off what happened with Ronaldo, people loved it. You know, so what would you do?
0: I, me, Hani? Yeah. I would stick with the... I'm loyal. I'm a loyal Omnia guy. Omnia is like, you guys, do you <laughs> want to talk about this on the halftime show or but you want to go into the uh, halftime show? But Amr, before we hit the clock, right, is it coming home? I hope so, man. I'm it, going is, home. Omnia, before you go home, can you just say to all the listeners, it's coming home?
1: It's coming home. <sniffs> See, I got you guys. I got you. Anyway, in T-minus a minute and a half, you're going to be listening to the man himself. Mama Elizabeth is proud. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, it's been she a very... She said it's coming. Home it's going home. Yeah. it's a been a very interesting show. Keep Pulse 95 because Coming up is the halftime show. We'll catch you again tomorrow right here on Pulse 95. Point, point,
0: <laughs> This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.